What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Self-Love Monologues, an ongoing podcast series aimed at studying the different expressions of individual love. Basically, what I'm going to be doing is each week I'll be presenting a unique perspective on the topic of self-love, particularly that painful journey that it takes to get there, because that's exactly what it is. It is a harrowing, mind-fucking journey that involves a lot of pain. All the participants in this podcast have taken a huge leap of faith by making the conscious decision to be vulnerable. Hopefully, their stories will help you remember that your life is a hundred fucking percent yours, which means you're entitled to love yourself completely and unconditionally without having to ask anyone for permission. So let's get into it. Okay, we're on. Okay, we're right, we're here. <laughs> Woo! So we're live, y'all. Oh my gosh, you kill me. Weird. Like you, I can't believe you brought me a self-care package. Like yes. this is amazing. Like, like you just literally made my day. Good. And the entire week, like I was telling you, I had a rough ass week. Mm-hmm. Just bullshit. So yeah, like you walking in, dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Oh my oh my god, yes! <laughs> <laughs> A little perfume, you know, I'm trying to be attracting a man in my heart, yes, so, you know. Okay. Oh my God. Attract yourself. Yes. yourself, right? That's what I do. Oh my God. To- oh my God. Oh my God. I can't. Like, this is, like, oh my God. Thank yes. you. Like, I can't, I keep saying, oh my God, because I just can't. Like, you guys, like, I can't. Like, yeah. and you were just talking about what you're doing, like, with your... Um, talk about that, like, the self-care packages. Like. Yeah, I, I just kind of came into this... I just really am passionate or inspired to do self-care packages. So whenever I meet someone or whenever it's their birthday, I think about what can I do to give them to help them invest in themselves. Yeah. Um, Whether that be for me, one of the biggest things I've been doing is kind of taking care of my skin and really going to yoga and the gym. And that's really boost my own self-esteem and my self-image. Right. So I I think self-care is an affirmation for me that I'm worth it that I'm a worthwhile investment. Every time I do something for myself, I'm like, I I got this, you know? Mm-hmm. I am worthy, I am loved, I am enough, and I'm worthy of like this, this pampering that I'm giving myself. I don't need to wait for somebody else to do it for me. Cause I got me. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Self-care is a worthwhile <laughs> investment in yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Well, you want to introduce yourself to okay, the Okay, I guess I should. <laughs> well, my name's Jean Arneson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Calgary, but I also grew up in the Philippines and spent some time in Brazil. I'm an entrepreneur in the city, and I also work at a restaurant right now. Um, yeah, I'm one of five kids in my family, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here too. Like, you, you already started preaching, honey. <laughs> oh my like, God. church service has oh started, okay? Listen, self-care is a worthwhile investment in yourself. I want to say that again, because... That's really powerful. Yeah. Um, but uh, for, for the show today, I just wanted to kind of start with a post that I saw on your Instagram. Okay. You you posted this really vulnerable piece where you were literally crying. Mm-hmm. And then you wrote a reflection note underneath it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, really powerful. Like you said so many things in there that I was just hoping to kind of dissect. Okay. So what I did, if you don't mind, is I actually mm-hmm. printed it out. Oh yeah, great. And here, here it is. Okay, nice, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, do you mind just kind of like reading it out? And, sure. You know, yeah. Take it from there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, okay, so this is a post and it goes, reflecting so far on my word for 2019, integration. I recently glimpsed past the illusion of control to realize how so often my desire for a certain or specific outcome prevents me from just being in the moment or fulfilling my genuine intention and purpose. More and more, I'm learning to let go and just be present. In this week, that has brought up waves of emotions like dread, anger, grief, loss, despair, etc. But I'll point back to the mother of them all, fear. It has not been pretty yet have chosen to not run away, distract, or numb myself. The result of sitting in those emotions and feeling them has been going through sudden bursts of tears, followed by a cathartic laugh or sigh, and the thought, I'm really losing it, which is completely true. I'm losing my fear of being human and having truly human experiences. It has been a 360 journey to realize being vulnerable, sensitive, open, trusting, or even something as natural as being able to cry does not make me weak or fragile, but is where my greatest source of self-empowerment and strength have come from, and what has allowed me to stand even firmer, 
taller and more confidently in my light, my love, my potential, my authenticity, and in love. Being human is a wild fucking ride, and I'm grateful for it. How is being human going for you lately? <laughs> I can swear, right? Yeah. This is a swearing podcast. No, it's just like I'm, I'm tearing up a little bit oh. because you said a lot of things in there mm -hmm. that I really resonated with. Um, but I just wanted to start right from the beginning sure. where you say, I've recently glimpsed past the illusion of control. Yes. What was that illusion? I think that illusion, again, was stemming from fear and just me trying to control everything around me because that was what I thought would give me security, right? I, I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know who I'm going to meet. I want to know how this is going to play out. Um, but what I've realized is that that does come from fear because none of that is within my control, right? And I think we want certainty as human beings, but life is all about uncertainty. <laughs> This is like fucking sucks. I know. You're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> this isn't happening. That isn't happening. Or this is happening. Like, ah, like, give me some clarity here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was just me trying and kind of starting to realize I can be, I can learn to love the process of uncertainty, and I can learn to find peace mm -hmm. in the unknown. Nothing, nothing needs to be as clear as I need it to be, as long as I'm just willing to show up. Like there's some things that I have clarity on, which is who I am, what my worth is, you know, my attitude, my actions and my words that I can control. So if I focus more on that and less on the external forces, then that's where I find peace. So that, that for me was where that came from, was just going, okay, let go, Jean. You know, you're expending so much energy, energy trying to make this, this thing happen, this control happen, and it is exhausting you, it is like, like, you know what I mean? It's burning you out and it's making you this person that you don't necessarily want to be or that you're, you're not, you're not actually are, but you're just choosing to live in fear. So yeah. Mm. That's what I can learn to love the process <clears throat> of uncertainty. Yes. That's yeah. not easy. It's not. And it's I'm still working easy. on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? like, it's, 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 I'm like, I've probably only stepped five steps forward since that post, which is almost a year ago. So, and that's fine. <laughs> that's reality, though. Yeah, it's like, you get up, you get up, you get up, you walk, you fall, you get up, you walk, you yeah. fall. Yeah, it's reality. Yeah, you just keep Some days you remember, like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I had one of those days two weeks ago where I just woke up angry. And I was at the gym on the Stairmaster look. I'm gonna freaking like burn a hole into the ground because I am just furious. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. As long as you, you know, you you get up and you move forward and understand and accept that this this is the deal and everybody yeah. has the same fucking deal. Yes. And I think that's a great point, is like, oh, everyone goes through this. Mm -hmm. This is like and that's why I said this is a human thing, it's not a gene thing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if I can find comfort in that as well, to know that everyone before me that has lived and died and succeeded and failed has gone through this mm -hmm. and some capacity. Maybe it's not exactly my experience of course, because I'm unique and I see things differently, but this is a human experience. It and is. yeah, and like you, I start to get less emotional about, oh my God, what was me? I'm just like, oh, I'm just human and I'm up in this bitch. And like, this is, this is how it's playing out right now. Like, oh, okay, I, I remember now, this is a human. Like, you know what I mean? Yes, like, no, girl, I was, I was talking to my therapist the other day, and the way that I look at it, when I you know those demons, those internal voices, that, that nonsense that tries to bring you down. Uh, I told my therapist that what I do now is I'll call the voices. I'm like, okay, all right, y'all. Let's have some tea together. Let's chat. Come sit at this table. I need you to know that I'm the one in charge. Okay? Yes. I'm the one driving. So okay? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you can shush. You can sit in the corner. Yeah. You're grounded. Yeah. <laughs> you are not allowed where I'm headed. Yes. Beyonce said that. She said when her mother told her, um, you know, shout out to Beyonce. But yes, it's, yeah, she said that when her mother advised her, she said, you need to tell those voices that they're not allowed where you're going. Mm -hmm. They're not allowed. Yeah. You know, all that nonsense, all the whatever. Yeah. It's not. Absolutely. <laughs> so, no, I 100% I agree with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and you also mentioned in your, in your post here, yeah. you said that um, you, your, your genuine intention and purpose, yeah. right? And you've kind of touched upon that about your worthiness and what value you have to offer. So 
what is that for you? What is that genuine intention and purpose to achieve? Like, if you were to articulate yeah. it, yeah. For me, it's actually very simple to articulate. It's living and showing up in love. Mm. Um, one of my most consistent affirmations is I'm committed to love. So whatever happens, fear might come back into my life because I think, you know, I can't get rid of it, but I will always go back to love as my foundation. And when I'm in fear, that intention and authenticity and purpose gets lost because I, fear makes me think about just myself. It makes me be paranoid. It makes me, you know, self-centered. Um, it makes me think that it's me against people. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, not to be cliche, like overly spiritual, but we're all human. We're all one in some capacity. Again, we all have similar experiences. So love reminds me that... I'm not here to be anyone's enemy or to like fight people. I'm here to love, you know, I'm here to connect. I'm here, and that's my purpose. What I've come to find is that, yeah, I'm here to love and to connect and to bring love, light and joy into the world, you know, to be all, <laughs> to be all that. Um, so that that is my purpose in any given moment is to be a source of love. And I, it starts with me first, but then it's because it's, it's inexhaustible, I can share it with others. I can give it to others as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to make me cry, trying to make me cry up in this bitch. Like, I know, I know. I'm so emotional too, so like, don't like, like, I can't. Like, I'm like, oh, like, I'm committed to love. I'm committed yeah. to love. Mm -hmm. I'm committed to love. I'm committed to love. Right. I had to say it four times. Right. That's very powerful. It is. Yeah. But it also, it, it brings in all these, it's so vulnerable mm -hmm. to be in that place too, that that's why sometimes I go back to fear because I'm like, this is too vulnerable. This is too raw. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God, I am yeah. too exposed right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what if it's not reciprocated? And sometimes it isn't because mm. and that's okay. Can I still commit even if things don't go my way? Or like, you know what I mean? Like if the situation doesn't, I don't receive love back, I have to remind myself that I don't need to receive any love back. I already have it. <laughs> I already got it. I don't need you to give it say to me. Say that again. Say that again. No. I yeah, don't need okay. to receive love. Please say that again. I don't need to receive love back because I already got it. Yes. I already have it within me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yes. Say that again. That is yeah. so important. That mm -hmm. is so important that you don't, you, you shouldn't expect. Right. Expect it. You can give it, but don't expect it. As long as you got yours. You, you, ooh, Oprah said something about people saying, um, sometimes they tell her, oh, she's so full of herself. Mm. And she's like, yeah, honey, I am full of myself. My cup is full yes. of me. Yes. You go work on your cup and put something in it, honey. Yep. Don't come for me in my cup. Right. I know who I am. I know what I stand for. And I'm full. And yep. I'm committed to love, like you said. Yeah. And so. maybe that criticism just comes from a place of deep down, I want what you have. I want your full cup. But well, you can't take from somebody else's cup. You gotta fill your own, no, right? You can't. <laughs> yeah. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love that you touched upon that. That's yeah. where that resentment comes from. Yes. The inability for that person to understand how did they get to that place. Right. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is so exciting. This is so exciting. This is so exciting. I love I this. You mentioned fear so many times since yes. we started the conversation. Yeah. Fear, 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 fear. And up until this point, I've understood that fear to be fear of the unknown, the uncertain. That's what mm -hmm. I understand. But what does fear manifest? How does fear manifest in your life in other ways? Like what, like what kind of other fears do you suffer from sometimes aside from like the uncertainty of life? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think fear of being loved as well, right? Because I give love and I don't expect it. But then there's still that voice in the back of my head going, can anyone love me the way that I love me or like that? I know I want I want to be loved or I deserve to be loved. And sometimes when that happens, like say, <clears throat> and I, I'm working on this too, you know, you have expectations about how you want people to support you or to be there for you. Um, that fear of rejection, that fear of abandonment, I end up going, well, you know what? I can do this all on my own. I don't need anybody. Like, <laughs> it is a fear of abandonment, really is the main core. Um, fear of unfulfilled potential is a big one for me thinking that if I get to the end of my life and I look back and go like I didn't live true to me and I allowed fear to hold me back and I you know missed all these opportunities or I didn't make a friend because I was like up in my head or I was judging them so thinking oh, I don't want to be friends with them right it's 
yeah, I think that is also a big one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I the, think just fear in general. The fear of abandonment doesn't stem from anything that you've experienced in your like childhood or anything. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> What's the childhood question? I love it. Okay. Let's, let's dive in. You're going to try. I know. I know. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, so from my childhood up until five. So I, it's weird because I have this like timeline in my head about how my childhood played out. Mm-hmm. And I don't always know if it's accurate. I don't think it is. But there are things that happened that really affected me and that influence, again, those fears or those main fears anyway. So moving to the Philippines when I was five, we lived there for four years, and I didn't really realize until I was much older that that was a very hard transition for me because it was going from this place where I knew what to expect, you know, we had a home life and all these things, and then moving to a completely different culture and society where at that time, I'm not saying it's that case now, but the mindset was, you know, people valued like European beauty and kind of features more than they did African, right? Mm-hmm. And even though I'm half Filipino or Filipina, I look like I'm black, right? Because I am black. I, my features are not fully Filipina. Mm-hmm. So that created like a lot of bullying where people would call you like Negro and all that stuff. Um, I remember this one incident, somebody threw a rock and it like hit my temple. And that always stuck with me because it, it hit my head and it like created a bump. And it was like, man, I just, I experienced this hatred that people can have that sometimes isn't really bound in facts or like actual reason, it's just ignorance. Um, so moving there, experiencing that, as well as like being a chubby black kid, you know, there's always something about my weight, about my color, about my hair. Um, and I was also really a loner as well, because I kind of drew in myself when I moved there. It was like, I think I was just scared. And then, again, this is something that I had to process as I got older. I was like, why did I act that way? Like, why did I feel like this is how the world was? I think I was just scared. Um, I didn't really have a, like a parental figure that I could go to because we were, we were kind of like really independent kids. We did our own thing and all that. Um, so I was trying to protect myself. <clears throat> and as well, when I was eight, I was sexually abused. So that, again, it was like all these things happened within a very short amount of time where my perception of the world and my trust in the world and my trust of others and just like this rosy picture you have as a child got got like completely flipped around <clears throat> and that illusion was pulled out under me and that happens at some point for everyone like your innocence you know gets taken away um, that just happened to be super poignant and just really traumatic enough that it yeah I created for a long time after that this fear of everything or this fear of everyone that I had to protect myself. I had to have my fist up all the time because if not, people could take advantage of you. They could hurt you. Um, And also this idea that I can't trust anyone and I can't rely on anyone. So I, I, I only have me right now. Right. Cause I, like I said, I was very alone, what I felt like anyway. So it was like, I have to rely on myself. There's no one else here for me. So yeah, that, That's kind of where it came from, I would say, in my childhood. And then as you grow up, it evolves and you learn to kind of recognize it and view, like, where was the root of this? How did it start? So, Mm. yeah. Did that answer your question? No, it did. It did. Um, And before I even ask this question, are you comfortable with me, like, asking a little bit more about the abuse that you experienced? Okay. um, Yes, So was it something that... That, that was constantly on your mind over the years or it kind of, it kind of you kind of buried it subconsciously <clears throat> and then it rose up in your adulthood like what was that um like? I think it was something I buried and then it would come up yeah. as things happened and then it got to a point where it was always at the back of my mind in terms of this is the reason why I can't open up this is the reason why love can enter my life this is the reason why I'm really evasive when people try and get to know me, like I would have that wall up. Yeah. So at first it was shove it down mm-hmm. until it like blew up. <clears throat> um, and I remember this incident when I was 11 where 
I literally was in the kitchen like thinking of putting a knife to my wrist because I was just like this all these things within me I cannot process like it just feels too much and what I've come to learn or at least for me is that when there's an emotional pain <clears throat> it's really hard to deal with sometimes because there's not like a, a point of reference that you can go this is where it is so physical pain gives you like I can now concentrate that pain into something physical and it, I, it, like, it feels better because it's not all over me. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. That makes sense. 100%, yeah. I agree. Um, so, like, at 11, that was, I think, you know, now that I look back on it, it was me trying to go, I don't know where, like, where this pain is localized, and I need something to concentrate it on. And I also was just super sad and super lonely and um, thinking no one cares about me. Like, if I go, no one will care, and I should just do this. And I remember thinking at the time when I didn't do it, like, I'm I'm not strong enough to kill myself, which is such a weird statement. Like, I, I'm too weak to kill myself. I get it. Right? As someone who's overcome suicidal depression myself, I get it. Yeah. Like, you, like you know. Like, I've, I've said that to myself, too. Yeah. In the past, when I was dealing with the with my, 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 my traumas, I would say, yes, it's the voices are in my head, but I know I'm not strong enough to cross that line. I right. Yeah. I think now I've flipped it to go, I'm brave enough to be alive. Do you know Oof. what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, it's not that I was too weak. It's that I just had that enough bravery to stay alive and to go, I'm, I'm worth living another day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm brave enough to be alive. <clears throat> yeah. Oh my God. Like, you're just coming with all these <laughs> rosebuds of just affirmations that I, I, like I was telling a friend last week that this project is so exciting for me because... I get to be the student that's learning live because mm. this is good. This is a collection of teachers. This podcast. This is what it is. I actually want to change my bio, my bio of it. It's a collection of teachers, people coming in and teaching what their journey has been and how mm-hmm. they articulate their self love. And I always <clears> that like a student and me Aww. sitting in front of you and you saying all these things and they're just entering my body and opening up all these parts. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's amazing. Um, so now, as you sit here today, mm-hmm. how do you manage or how have you managed that trauma? Like what steps are you taking to keep that trauma from affecting yeah. the things that you've worked so hard to build? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the first step that I, because this has been a process I've been journaling a lot over the past few years, was <laughs> I no longer separate myself and like the gene that experienced that trauma and the gene that exists today. Um, again, my my word for last year was integration, meaning I didn't. There was no dis, like distinction between those two. Like that gene was that gene still lives in me. And I cannot like throw it away in a corner and go, this is not me, that I didn't experience that because it hasn't worked. Like mm-hmm. every time I've done that, it's just come up again. So I had to go, okay, pull that gene closer and go like, talk to me, you know, how did this feel? What did, what was it like? And I had to open up all these kind of traumatic places in me and allow that pain to release. Cause that pain, I believe just, it wants to go, you know, pain doesn't like to be held in the body cause your body, you can feel it, you know, you're, it's, it's not comfortable, so I had to get really intimate with my trauma and go, and not to re-traumatize myself, but to go, what actually happened? Like walk, it was almost like I was walking through it with my younger self and going, okay, you know, holding her hand going, you're not alone in this. You know, tell me like, how did it feel? What did you experience? What was it like? Um, just to give myself the space to breathe and to talk about it and to not, have to silence myself as well Um, because it it is a topic that not a lot of us want to touch because it seems unthinkable that someone could do that to to another human being or that um, yeah like you can pass on your hurt or your pain but violence and trauma and abuse does exist in this world Mm -hmm. and we can't move through it and help people grow through it if we're not willing to to see it. We're not willing to go, oh, okay, this is happening. You know, I'm not the only one, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? There's statistics that say probably someone you know has gone through something like this. Yes. Um, so that was part, first part of it was just kind of journaling and talking about it and also asking myself how I'm showing up today in my words, thoughts, and actions. 
is it the person I want to be? Because my trauma did influence a lot of that. So I had to ask myself, do I still want to be someone who's closed off? Do I want to be someone who lives in fear? Do I want to be someone who never lets people get to know her because she's scared of being abandoned or she's scared of being hurt? At some point, there was a breaking point where I was like, no, I don't want to be that person. Like, living that way is lonely and it's, like, I'm always terrified and I'm so disconnected from others. Um, so that was the initial phases. And I think now it's, it's come to a point where I know my self-worth and I have enough self-love to go. That trauma will not beat me down at all anymore. And of course, there's practices I have. I do yoga, you know, I just came from a yoga class. I meditate, I journal, I have affirmations. Um, but yeah, all those things come together to help me reinvigorate myself and to invest back in myself and to remind myself that I've come this far and that that is a worthy fight. And like, I, I'm a fighter, you, you know, are, like I can yeah. do this. Like. Oh yeah, because you're fighting that fear too, the fear of going in and getting something like that out of you and yeah. having a conversation with it, which is what you're doing. You took it out of your past and you brought it to the table and you're like, hey, let's talk. And yeah. then you started having those internal conversations like you were saying, you were like holding your little, um, as you, yourself as a little girl to guide yourself and you know, ask yourself questions. Mm -hmm. um, but um, Jean, as we talk about that, the, the person that violated you in this way, is it someone that you've, confronted or want to confront like do you have a desire to do that in any way if you haven't or so from that moment I've never had a desire to confront them yeah. and also after that moment I've never seen them again mm -hmm. um, so it was somebody so we lived in the Philippines at the time that's where it happened and what I loved about it was like there was such a community vibe like, you know there was such a like in our house you invited people in and you you, yeah, like you allowed your neighbor in and you threw dinner parties and you invited the neighborhood and people got together. That was a really positive aspect of my upbringing. Um, but I also know like if it's an open door instead of a gate, people will come in that maybe don't have the greatest intentions for your community. Um, so it was somebody who lived in the neighborhood and just on an afternoon where I was playing alone in the front yard, you know, maybe so, I don't know, there was, I don't know, I was alone and they're like, they came over and said hi. Mm -hmm. But from that point, I've never seen them again. They've, I've never seen them in that neighborhood again. So yeah, it's, it's not, it, but yeah, like you said, it's not something that I've ever thought about confronting them with because I think for a very long time, I just internalized it. So it was, I don't know, they were just completely separate from my internalization. And I never, I never thought that there would be an opportunity to confront. So I, I think early on, I just kind of went, I'm, I'm letting them go, but I still held the pain of it, of course. Does that make sense? No, it does. Yeah. It does. And there's no, like, I think it's important to mention the fact that there is no weakness in making that decision not to even confront them, right? Because it, people are different. Some people, that's how they process that they want to be able to give like you know really have that conversation and then yeah um like get the person to receive the the judgment that they so deserve for what mm -hmm. they did some people that's how it works yeah but then you processing your the way you're processing you're preserving your energy for yourself and your own healing instead yeah of a confrontation yeah there's exactly. a lot of strength in that yeah 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 hmm. And yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And thank you for just being so vulnerable and sharing such a really personal, personal part of you. Like I always, every time before I come to record a podcast, I always remember that this people that are coming on, they're coming with their whole truths. And there's so much courage in being able to talk about those truths. And as I watch your body language, I see a lot of victory in it. Mm. Like I see that now this is, these are things that you're talking about, even though they sometimes may bother you. As you said, you're a fighter, right? Like, and that, that took a long while for you to get there. Yeah. So I appreciate you for being so open with that. Mm -hmm. um, you were talking a lot about just kind of like that emotional pain as you were making the distinction that emotional pain isn't something you can't 
pinpointing your body. Yes. And you actually wrote something in the piece that you read in the beginning that kind of touches upon that. Yep. Uh, you said the result of sitting in those emotions and feeling them has been going through sudden bursts of tears, followed by a cathartic laugh or sigh, and the thought, I'm really losing it, which is completely true. Mm-hmm. That that discomfort. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're sitting there like, oh. <laughs> It's the worst. It's the worst. It's the absolute worst. And it's, it's like, it's a yeah, I know. Like, what do you do? Like, you feel itchy, but it's not an itch. It's like a freaking emotional. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. It's the worst when it happens in public. Oh. <laughs> like, you know, you're supposed to be having a good time with your friends, but you're like, I know. And you're, yeah. Nuclear, emo- emotional, nuclear war. I know, yeah. going on inside of you. And I'm not the type of person who's very, I don't project, but. <laughs> It, like you can feel it off of me. I get really silent and really like serious. Like, Is she fucking gonna kill somebody. <laughs> I'm like, I need to contain this, or I'm going to explode on somebody. <laughs> no, no, it's I, I, like I hear you. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But um, I, I, I wanted to revisit it because I, I, I smiled yesterday. I was like, oh my gosh, she gets it. Because it's like for the longest time. I thought something was wrong with me because I was mm. feeling that discomfort. Mm. I thought something was wrong with me. This is not normal. Right. But then you, as you so perfectly put, it's being human. It's a wild fucking ride. Yeah. That's just the point of the roller coaster when you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. I wanna be, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> that's that point. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's just being human. Like, yeah. And... It's about like really sitting with that discomfort and it fucking sucks when you have to sit it out and, yes. and just be like, okay. So I brought it up again because I wanted, because I know you journal, I know you meditate, I know, um, you know, you do yoga and stuff like that, but kind of give me um, kind of a very specific like lowdown of like, say for example, today you're on a, tr- like, you know, say you're comedy, you're on a train or whatever mm-hmm. and that happens. What, what are you doing to find peace in that moment yeah like what do you do or do you just let it be and just trust like what are you doing so i think pulling from (coughs) my meditation and yoga i i lean into it so i because i'm my mind or i think it's just very normal your initial reaction is to disassociate and go like almost come out of your own head and be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm separate from this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you distract yourself, like you look for different things to play with, or you, you're on your phone. But when I, I know it's coming up for me, I, yeah, I lean into it and I go, I get curious. That's the word that I would use. I go, okay, why is this here? I try not to judge myself and I go, okay, I'm human. You know, I, I say those things first. I give myself grace and I go, why is this here? Breathe deep, feel it, allow it to go through your body. And then get curious about what is triggering this. You know, did something happen? Um, yeah, how are you feeling? What, was this a gradual thing? Is it a sudden thing? You know, all those things I start to ask questions. Because I'm just naturally very inquisitive. So yeah. I, I want to know, what's the root of this? Not maybe so I can change it, but so I can at least understand myself. Because sometimes it feels like I am two people. The me, the human me, and then the me that's like, what, what's going on? You know, yeah. I mean, like, the, it's kind of like the observer and yeah. then the, yeah. the ego or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I think I, I go into that observer role and I go, what's Jean, What's going on with you? Is that the voice that you hear, by the way? Like, your inner voice? Is that what it sounds is like? Is that what it sounds like? No, I'm asking you. Like, you're, you're, when that voice is asking those questions in your head, what does it sound like? Is that, like, that, that voice that you hear? Is that how yeah, it sounds like? Yeah, it's a head tilt. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. you know kind of just holding space yeah. for myself and going okay what's going on yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's definitely the voice that <laughs> <laughs> voice curious because everyone has different voices it does yeah <laughs> and that voice is now very um understanding and very forgiving and very loving it wasn't always so mm-hmm. yeah it's nice to have that loving voice now that holds space yeah instead of a judgmental one it's right. more like it's okay yeah exactly you know my voice sometimes is Oprah, so yes. <laughs> like I hear Oprah in my head. She's like, "It's okay, my child. You're gonna be okay, my child. Just breathe." I'm like, "Yes, mama." Yes. Honestly, my voice—I don't know where it comes from, but yeah, it's like the honey. Yeah. Like, 
girl, just you just breathe, girl. Yeah. Just you just take your time. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. yeah that loving like older black ass. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, honey, oh come here, child. yeah. Like lay on my bosom and like yes. tell me your sorrows. Yes. You know, no, I get yeah. you. That's mine too. Yeah. Like and he works. Yeah. Or sometimes it's just like yes, bitch, whack. Like you know, like RuPaul, like yes, it's either one or the yeah. other, right? Depending on the situation. Oh my god, hey, whatever works. But right? yes. we we now have that self-love narrative in mm. our heads yeah which is what you want yeah. you don't want the, the the other side of things right you want that self-love narrative however it manifests yep. or whomever it manifests in in, in your head yep. um so in your like as you were dealing with all like with your trauma and your past and stuff from 11 up until now have mm-hmm. you ever indulged in any or almost indulged in any other hateful self-destructive behaviors? Mm, um, Yes, (laughs) of course. I think for some reason I was never drawn to like drugs or alcohol. Yeah. Luckily, you know, it it didn't lead me down that way. But I think there's other destructive habits like seeking self-approval in men especially um older men you know like you know what i mean like yeah. it's you're like oh older men will keep it's this yeah. weird yeah. it's this weird psychological like wounded child thing where it's like the older the, like, the more right. yeah like the sugar the, daddy yeah thing. the sugar daddy thing oh, like yeah. they'll keep me safe and like yeah. i need approval from them so that was one um and i think luckily it never got me into a scenario where i compromised myself too much but it definitely like when you're in that desperate place and you just want to be loved, you will do things that you're like, why the fuck? Why would I do that? You know, you'll yeah. really bend backwards to yeah. seek approval and to give someone all of yourself, even if they haven't earned it, or even if they don't value it as much. Um, and I remember I wrote in my journal, there was this quote that says, not everyone, like everyone may want you, but not everyone values you, right? And at that point, because I was in that place, I was like, I don't care if people value me, I just want to be wanted. Which is like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, I, And I thought that the way people, the way that I wanted to seek approval and to be wanted was through my body. So I thought I needed to give my body in order to, yeah, be loved, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, from my experience, it's like the only way I've been shown value or the value that I have is if I give it up, if I give my body up, if I allow someone to enter me, whatever that means, right, physically or emotionally or spiritually. Um, so that was one self-destructive habit, and I, I think it was just approval in any way and seeking it out. Um, another self-destructive habit was, so it, it sounds so paradoxical, but seeking approval from, let's say, men, those kind of figures, and then shutting out anyone else who couldn't give that to me. Mm-hmm. So like my friends, my family going, keep them at an arm's length because if they get too close, they'll see that I'm pretty fucked up and like I'm pretty, I got I got a lot of shit going on, I'm a hot mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know, those things. But like I said, it, it wasn't in ways that were, from on the surface, you could say were really destructive because I wasn't drinking my sorrows away, I wasn't doing drugs. But it was still tearing away at my self-esteem because it was insidious, you know, it was behind the scenes, it was intangible. Um, looking at me, no one would have been like, oh, you know, she's going through some things, maybe she needs help. It's, it's, it's like, oh, she's fine. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. I was watching a video yesterday where, like, this girl said, there's something really interesting about walking with a disability um, and being able-bodied right yes because people are like but yeah you're okay you know you, you're you look fine, fine. you're you yeah. stay you're all smiling you're but there's a war yeah there's inside. a war going on inside and yeah. it's tearing you to pieces literally yeah so even as you were trying to make the distinction between you know drug abuse and that i would say that's i mean it's just as toxic it, yeah it, it's that psychological self-destruction is just as toxic yeah if not more it definitely is. You know, because yeah. um, at least it, it, with drugs, it's externalized. You can be like, okay, I'm going to stop doing this. Right. But then when it's internal, it's like, it's always with you. It's always with you, <laughs> right? And there's no 
it doesn't but like maybe the cutoff yeah. to the drug is not as clear no. like how do i cut off yeah. this need to be approved by people who don't like value me mm. whereas a drug it's like okay <clears throat> there's this drug in front of me yeah i can throw it away flush it flush it whatever do something like that My steps or whatever yeah, yeah. But then it's this intangible thing where it's like, eh, it follows me everywhere. It's not so clear how I cut it. Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's that monkey on your back kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, <laughs> monkey yeah. on your back. Uh, so, Jean, you, like, um, living with purpose and intention mm -hmm. and then embracing all your vulnerable parts, all yeah. of them, mm -hmm. ugly, like, whatever, all of them, yeah. you know, um, and allowing them to be your source of strength, your yes. light, your voice. Mm -hmm. Authenticity. Mm -hmm. Is that what self-love is for you? Oof. Um, Let's be, it's more than just that. I think it is that, yeah. Mm. Like, I think the integration part is what, for me, is the foundation of self-love. Mm -hmm. Where, like you said, I... I can love myself regardless of the bits of me that I find hard to accept or that are really ugly yeah. um, or the parts of me that I just want to shove into a corner and not look at. Mm. In those moments where those parts come up and you know, influence how I show up, I can go, okay, I still love me. This girl who's gone through some things, I still love her. Um, and to also accept that those things are not separate from me. Like I am still that person who does A, B, and C, right? The ugly things, as much as I am this person who is victorious or a fighter. I'm both, mm. right? We're human, we're not just one thing, we're complex. I can be a fighter and still be scared out of my mind, right? I can still be loving and still allow fear to have a hold on my life. I go back and forth sometimes because I'm not perfect, right? I'm still working through things, but I can stand strong in love and go, when I'm in fear, I, again, I'm committed to love, so I always come back. Mm. It's kind of like my rudder, you know, like that North Star where yeah. it, it brings me back here. So, yeah. No, I like uh, the North Star metaphor, I like it. Yeah. It recalibrates you. Right, it realigns me, yeah. yes. And what? Exactly. So you do have days sometimes where you are hating yourself, yeah. but you, Yes. You're like, uh-uh. Oh, oh. yeah. You know, like the aunt is like, uh-uh, girl. Uh-uh. Get back in my, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> the smack, you know? Yeah, Sometimes yeah. it's a gentle nudge. Sometimes it's a... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's a good, really important point to stress on, especially for someone who's struggling to get to a place of self-love. You have to realize that once you get there, it's a daily practice of maintaining it, that, and you're not always going to be in, on that yes. high. Yeah, you're not. That's not real. Mm -hmm. Even Oprah must have her days. Yeah. she's like, "Fuck this today." You yeah. know, like literally. I'm sure she has days. She's yes. like, "Fuck this today." Yeah, and I don't know Oprah personally yet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just saying. Speak positive. I know. I'm a perfect. It's coming. It's, yes. I can feel it. Oprah, I'm, I'm with be you. I'm right. with you. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know her yet, but because I know she's human, yeah. I'm like, she goes through this too. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Because I'm human too, and I go yeah. through this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the good thing is she talks about it. Right. She, she says, so yeah, I have days like this too. Yeah, so true. <laughs> oh my God. Um, you, you, oh my gosh. Like every time I talk to you, you just have so many, like I was saying, powerful things to say. And I don't know if you realize that, but one of our very, um, um, like the, what the interactions that we're having to plan this recording, I asked you, I said, well, I'll come to wherever your safe place is. Mm -hmm. And then you said... My safe space isn't physical, it's within me. Eee! I was like, what? I was like, what? <laughs> you know? My safe space isn't, like, you know, it's it's not physical, it's with, within me. Mm -hmm. That's not something that you always, like, you had to get to that point. Yes. Yeah. You really did. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just a matter of... Again, going back to life, you can't control life. Yeah. Shit happens, you go through trauma. So if I tie my safe space to <laughs> physical, it's something external, it's bound to like change. It's bound to, like there are forces around it that will not make it stable. So you ask yourself, or I ask myself, what is something that I know is solid, is grounded, or if it's not yet, I can make it so, and that will never leave me. 
I can't leave myself, right? You can't leave yourself. We are like this is one relationship where you you're never divorcing yourself, <laughs> right? As long as you're living, you gotta deal with you. Yeah, right. They don't look too death do us. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm married to me for life. That's a good start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where that came from. Um, and yeah, just knowing that okay, I can. I think I I can control me. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens, yeah. you know, life can go up and down, but. <clears throat> I can sit with myself, I can breathe, I can love myself, and that will bring me back to peace. That will bring me back to my center, my alignment. North star. My north star. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you sleep well? I do. What do you do? Um, To sleep well? Yeah. Like, what are you, if if you do anything? Some people just pass out. So maybe that's you. Yeah. So, yeah. and I love that you asked that question because my sleep has been fantastic. It's something that I've, I've really been thinking about lately. It's like I sleep through the night. I go into a deep sleep. I dream. Um, I sleep within like five to ten minutes. It doesn't take me long. And it's a combination of like mind, body, soul. So body. I work out. Obviously, I get my body moving. I show it love. I eat well. That helps it not be so inflamed or be so kind of agitated all the time. Like the mind part, I meditate. Um, I think more than just meditation though, I choose to live my life in a way that I can take ownership for it. Meaning whatever happens, I take ownership. And this hasn't been always the case. I think, you know, we love playing the victim. I know I have. We love pointing fingers. I know I have. And I still do it, of course. Yeah. But I have to remind myself, take ownership for your life. So if something happens that may be wasn't completely in your control, always ask yourself, how could I have done this better so that next time the outcome is more favorable? Mm-hmm. Um, stop blaming, stop pointing fingers. And that also has helped me like bring peace of mind to me. Because mm-hmm. I can sleep at the end of the day and go, nothing was perfect, but I did what I could do. Nothing mm-hmm. was perfect, but I showed up the way I wanted to show up. Nothing was perfect, and maybe there were decisions that at the time I resisted, but I took ownership over them and said, I may not like this, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to have a good attitude. Mm-hmm. So that gives me a lot of peace of mind so that when I, my head hits a pillow, I don't have regrets. I don't have, like, I don't have any hang-ups. Um, one thing that I really implemented as I was going through this growth journey is if anything is off, like if I bring negative energy into the world, I do what I can to correct it. You know, I, ha- I bite my pride, I bite my ego, and I go, I will apologize first. I will not be too proud. Mm-hmm. I will correct any wrongs. I will take ownership for my misgivings or any mistakes I make. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be humble enough to do that. And I, I, yeah, I just have a lot of peace of mind with that. So in my soul as well, my soul is like, okay. You know, it's, it's at peace. It's like, I'm not hanging on to anything. You know, I, I don't want to be heavy. I, I already have enough baggage. I'm trying to lighten my load. And the lighter I can get, the, the more I can kind of just go through life and have this peace and like sleep well and um, yeah, just flow. And for me, it's like I can dance and sing and be really lighthearted, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So all those things, I think it's not just the usual meditation and like going to the gym, because we all know that, obviously. Yeah. yeah. It's also those things where, are you taking ownership for your life? Yeah. Are you living true to you? Yeah. Are you making the changes if you're unhappy? Yeah. Like, be willing to make those changes because it will always be baggage if you don't. Those things also play a huge role in that. And that takes a lot of bravery, of course, and it's a gradual step. Again, I didn't, it's not overnight, like you said, but once you get to that place, I'm like, okay, I need to have integrity with my decisions and who I am so that I can live a life of peace. I can't. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna make me cry. I don't finish. Like, you're gonna I can't, make me cry. Like, I'm sorry, like, you got me there. Like, I can't. Like, you got my tear ducts all yeah. like brought up. Like, and obviously, it's because you can relate, right? Yes. You have, yes. Yeah, you have that's, your journey too. That's yeah. why. That's why I'm just kind of like eating this all up. And it's. I love how you describe your process of getting sleep. It's not something you just get a pill to fix mm-hmm. or just do like. Well, I'm just gonna do yoga. Like it's something you have to work towards on a much larger scale. Yeah. Letting, letting up the load, as you said. Yeah. You start there, and mm-hmm. then that gives you the amount of peace that you need that, so it's such that when you put your head on the pillow, you rest. Yes. Because sleep is so important. It is. 
And uh, with our generation, we've forgotten that. Yeah. Or we just don't care, or both, when nobody's really teaching us. It's true. Or <laughs> we've come to value being like worker bees more than just being human, yeah. right? Like doing yeah. more than just being. Or I think for me, what I had to release too is that my value doesn't come in how much I get done or how productive I am. I'm already valuable. Mm-hmm. Meaning if I need to rest, I can take rest. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to do anything to rest. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a friend recently and talking about how being still is so hard for us because we're always kind of in motion. Yeah. We're always <laughs> stimulated. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, valuing yourself enough to go, I can, I can take time for myself. You know, I can slow down. I don't need to be doing something all the time. No. <laughs> I don't need to be engaged or stimulated all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing this. Like I knew, I, I, I already knew that it was going to be profound, but like I said, it's a whole another thing to experience it. Aww. So I appreciate you for like opening yourself, like I said before, and just giving all these lessons to people. Um, because my goal with the project is that somebody hears something that goes, oh my gosh, like that's my story. You know mm. what I mean? Because it, it happens to you when you read or see something inspirational. So yeah. I will say again and again, I... I'm humbled and honored that you came onto the show. Yeah, I have to say too, again, I've already said it a million times, but people need to hear, I'm so grateful for you to have me here. I always like imagine, ooh, like I want to be on a podcast interview and like, who's going to interview me? This is my first podcast. Oh my God! Yeah, it's, I will remember this forever, obviously. Especially since I know you are destined for everything. Like, greatness, I know, I know, manifestation, I know, I know. One of these days, I'm going to be sitting there talking to my bae or like my chair and be like, listen, I I had the honor. She took time out of her day to talk to me, okay? Look at that. Takes one to no one, one one, though. What you see in me is only a reflection of what's in you. That's so true. And that's what's so beautiful. You know, when when you attract that kind of energy. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So thank thank you. you. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate you for doing that. This entire project took 17 years to manifest. And I say 17 years because that was the length of the journey that I had to take to get to a place of self-love. So I'm super grateful that you chose to tune in. And I hope that this actually makes a difference in your life as well as the people that you share this with. If you want to get me on Instagram, my Instagram is Mandela's Disciple. Once again, that's at Mandela's Disciple. Facebook and Twitter is at Self Love Hive. Once again, for Facebook and Twitter, it's at Self Love Hive. Remember that your life is a hundred fucking percent yours. Own it. <laughs>